Hey, thanks for joining us here on The House Podcast. We hope that you are encouraged by this message. If you want to learn more about The House, check out our website at welcometothehouse.com or download The House app. All right, have a seat, have a seat, have a seat. We're so glad that you're here. Have a seat. Awesome, awesome. Will you get that curtain for me over there? Thank you so much. Glad you're here. Uh, thank you for coming. Um, we, uh, man, we had a great week this last week of life groups. Come on for all those who are in life groups. It was just a great week, uh, of seeing people connect either online or in person. And so, uh, I just want to encourage you if you're, if you're coming through, uh, this season and you're like, you know what, um, Man, we need to connect. We need to connect with some people. We need to kind of open our heart a little bit. We need to open our schedule a little bit. And we need, man, we really found out going through this pandemic that, um, man, we need a few more voices in our life. We want to encourage you to check out, uh, go to the, um, the uh, welcome to the house.com. You can check out our, uh, all of our life groups on there because we want to make sure that you're connected. You know what I mean? Uh, we don't ever know when adversity is going to strike, but we, we can know who's in our corner praying and helping us along the way. Does that make sense? And we all need that. Welcome everybody online. Um, come on, listen. Y'all give them a hand online. Let's go. Uh, man, just put what you're eating. You know what I'm saying? We're not eating right now. Put what you're eating. Uh, let us know if you're in your pajamas. No, seriously, listen, uh, we are finishing a series and we have been in this series for the last three weeks. It's been thriving in relationships. And I want to encourage you, if you just were able to get uh, just a couple of these um, l- sermons, lessons, um, I would encourage you to go back and, and listen to these because uh, we've just heard a lot of people say these, this has been really, really helpful in navigating our own relationships. You know, there are many voices in our world of self-proclaimed experts. You know what I'm saying? There's a lot. Of, there's a lot of people who feel like they're an expert. You can watch social media. You can watch YouTube. There's a vast array of how-to videos. You know what I'm saying? And um, it ranges from things that are extremely popular, like uh, dances, uh, to incredibly obscure, like you know what I'm saying? Like totally sci-fi. Totally, you know. You know, if you want to fix your house, or uh, if you want to make some sort of small tiny home that you can find it all there i feel like i'm a little high right now uh will you turn that down just a little bit for me i feel like i'm ringing um and and here's the thing is with all of the things that you see on youtube or social media and all of the how-tos it it's very easy to think that there's always something that we can learn from somebody else but but here's what i would say while i believe that that is true i i want you to know that i believe the ultimate source to making your relationships thrive is the lord is the lord and and i believe that when we begin to take what he tells us then our relationships begin to have life and and they begin to be life-giving and ultimately that is what we want for all of our relationships we are, my, our family is in a new sport. 
and uh, our uh, oldest daughter is running track and and doing cross country and it, it's exciting because we don't run in my family uh, uh, and and so uh, I was having to wake up yesterday and she had to be on the bus at 5.45 in the morning. Come on, let me tell you something. And uh, and so we're on our way there and I'm like, so are you nervous? She's got to run like two something miles or something like that. And I was like, so are, so are you nervous? And she's like, a little bit. This is her first race. And I'm like, well, can you even run that long? <laughs> like, a, like a, I thought like it would be good to know. It's like, 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 cause I was already getting ready my dad's speech if she comes back and she's like, I didn't make it. You know what I'm saying? Like, like, so I'm like, can you even make it? And she kind of looks at me in her 13, uh, year old self and, and, and she, in kind of her teenager way. And she says, dad, I've practiced. I'm ready and I'm excited. And I'm, <laughs> And I was like, dang girl, run. Okay. Okay. I've never put those thoughts in a sentence with running. <laughs> um, and church, I, I got to tell you that God has given everything that we need to practice, be ready, and be excited about the life we get to live. Like, like, like it's okay for you, even in a pandemic. To be okay about the life you get to live. You know what I'm saying? And and, and today I want to encourage you to stay life-giving. Stay life-giving. You have everything you need to thrive. Now I know immediately you're going, but you don't know. I don't like my job. But you don't know. I really want to make more money. But you don't know. I can't wait to be married. Well, you don't know. I can't wait for my marriage. To end. <laughs> like you, you don't know a lot of things that's going on inside me. But I'm telling you that you have what you need. Come on to thrive. And my assignment today is stay life giving. Stay there. Stay there. If you are in a life group or, or if you're around our culture for any amount of time, you're going to hear the word life-giving. We believe that life-giving is a byproduct of the death of your old life, the re- resurrection of a new life, and the Holy Spirit's empowerment in your life. Does that make sense? And so we believe Jesus was the one that said you can be a light on a hill. Jesus was the one that said that actually life can come through you. Like we don't have to be under everything that's going on in our world. We can rise above it. And you know what? That doesn't mean that we ignore it. It doesn't mean that we're so simplistic. We can't see the trauma and issues of the world. And it doesn't mean that we don't have concern. It means that it does not captivate our attention and cause us to live under what's going on we can be life-giving we've been unpacking this portion of scripture for the last three weeks i know you're thinking wow uh six verses in uh, four weeks we are doing well um but i i want to read it all to you and then we're going to read three verses and i'm going to kind of wrap it up uh, for today. Colossians chapter 3, 12 through 17. Then put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience, bearing with one another. So you say, put up with somebody. Yeah. Come on, somebody. Put up with somebody. In this world, you have to, okay, you have to put up with people rather than cancel them. Come on, say, like, 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 the Bible says you have to put up with people. And the Bible is written to Christians. And so really what it's saying is for all of the people who've been church hurt, that's the people you're supposed to bear with. 
It's not talking about people who don't know. It's talking about people who should know. Because we're talking about the body of Christ. So it means that even in this body, there are a lot of jacked up stories. There are a lot of broken moments. There are a lot of hurts, habits, and hang-ups that we all deal with. And we're all trying to move forward into the glory that God has for us. Come on, somebody. And while we're all in the process, somebody needs to put up with somebody. Come on. And, and that was lesson two, so go back. All right. Look at this. If anyone has a complaint against one another, so you're going to have complaints, forgive them as the Lord has forgiven you. Also, you must forgive Above all, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony, okay? And let, this is, this is what we're going to talk about. And let the peace of Christ rule your hearts, to which indeed you were called into one body, and be thankful. So put on a smile. Come on. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, Teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms, hymns. Come on, can we bring back some hymns? Come on, where's the... The three songs were great, but it says hymns. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. I'm sorry. I know, that was kind of... Yeah, I bet you we have a hymn next week, though. Um, all right, stop. Uh, spiritual songs, okay? Okay, look at this. With thanksgiving in your heart to God. And, never mind, I gotta go on. Uh, I feel, I feel fidgety today. I don't know, I'm gonna instigate. Alright, 17. Whatever you do, in word and deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. Giving thanks to God, the Father, through Him. Listen, I know it's been a couple weeks and we're gonna unpack this, but I believe that Paul gives us Three decisions to stay life-giving. And we're going to unpack these three thoughts today. Here they are. First is, we got to remember the peace. The second is, we got to fill up and release. And the third is, we never cease representing Jesus. Okay? That's what we're just... We're, everything that we just read, let me just simplify it to these thoughts. we got to remember the peace. In every relationship, it will not thrive if there is no peace. We got to fill up and we got to release. In other words, there's this idea that we're going to unpack today that not only are you to consume God's word, but you're also supposed to release it into other people. The third is never cease representing Jesus. Let's talk about the first one. Remember the peace. In the verse, it says, let the peace of Christ rule your heart. Rule your heart. No matter where you are on the journey of spiritual transformation, we all battle fear. We do. We battle fear. You don't need to feel bad because you have moments of fear. Is the relationship going to work out? Is the finance going to work out? Is my job going to work out? What's going to happen with my house? What's going to happen with this? Everybody battles, okay? You're not bad because you battle. You have to battle, okay? Does that make sense? All right. We all know that circumstances can get heavy, uncomfortable, and discouraging. This can cause fear and anxiety to move out of control. In our hearts, we feel heavy and it can steal our peace that was given to us by Jesus. We have peace given to us by Jesus because of his death and resurrection. 
So, so let me give you a really crazy thought that you already know. There's not much in this world that matters. But if everything matters, you're going to be jacked up internally all the time. This right here, based on the Bible, okay? I, okay, listen. I'm not trying to trivialize everything. Yes, things matter. Okay, you, you understand what I'm saying? But the truth of the matter is, we put so much attention on this life. On our wants and needs and desires and happiness and loneliness and frustration. But the Bible clearly tells us that we are moving through this life to the next life. And here's what you need to know. This life is but a blimp on your radar. There is eternity. And I know, listen, it, it, some of y'all are like, but if I make it to a hundred, that's a hundred years of strut out. <laughs> But you understand that a hundred years and then all of eternity in proportion. It's like we're so focused on high school, but we forget that there's life after high school. Come on. Y'all remember when high school was so important? Who are they dating? What are they doing? Who did they take the prom? What did they do? And your and your parents were like, listen, let me tell you something. Half of your friends that you have in high school, you're not even going to see again. And you're like, it's so insane. You're crazy. <laughs> this is all that matters to me. Life is high school. That's how we feel about this life. God wants to invade our life perfect our life, give us peace that passes all understanding. Understanding that, And so people marvel at the fact that how can you go through a storm and not be under the storm? Jesus actually showed us that he was taking a nap during a storm because he understood this is really small. Come on. It doesn't mean that it's not important. It doesn't mean that we don't feel like it's important. But we have to keep our perspective or every minor thing will be major. We have this thing that we do around our house. And, and you know, you got four, four kids, six people in the home, and everybody's got like a major moment. And so when the bag of chips are empty, it's DEFCON. You know what I'm saying? Like we're ready to drop bombs up in this piece. Okay. And so we have something that we do and we're like, hey, it feels a little like strife in the house. Is this a level one? Is this a level two? Or is this a level five? And then I describe level five is death. Like actual death. And so I'm always like, hey, what do you feel like this moment is? What level? One. All right, so let's act like it's one. Let's like all act like it's level one. Not like, so in your life, if everything is DEFCON 5, it's just, and, and, and then you wonder why your relationships, you text people and call people, they don't call you back because you're five. You're DEFCON 5 all the time. Come on. 
There's got to be some ones in life. There's got to be some twos. Not everything can be DEFCON five. You got to bring your tone from here to, to like normal. Come on, somebody. The Bible says that the word rule is translated as umpire. Umpire. So basically it's saying, let the peace of God umpire your heart. So here's what that basically means. Is the umpire settles confusion and conflict with his decision, not our decision. Come on. So just imagine Jesus having the whistle, striping it down, and you're in the middle of it. Unloving. You may argue with your sister, your brother, your cousin, your mom, your dad, you know what I'm saying, your husband, your wife, but you go on and bring that argument to Jesus. He's like, what? What you want to do? What you want to do? Come on. Listen, Jesus is the umpire of what's going on inside of us. When we are struggling in our relationships, when we are irritated, come on somebody, where my ameners, when we are annoyed, come on, you annoy them and I am too. Listen, let the umpire make the call. Our culture loves to challenge God's authority. It tells us that we alone are the umpires of our own life. And, and the peace it offers is temporary. It's based in immediate gratification and the power of self. So when we get hurt, we run to addiction and greed and complacency and lust. Anything that we can move to that will help us cope. It loves to capitalize on feelings of loneliness. It says your feelings are the umpire. Your feelings are the umpire. So you know what? When you feel unwanted, go hook up with somebody. When, when you feel too much responsibility or the heaviness of responsibility, just go run away. You know what? When, when, when you don't want any accountability, just leave friendships. Because we are our own umpire. This type of thinking will always suck the life out of any relationship. The way we stay life-giving is to remember that there is peace. There is peace. The peace that Jesus offers, listen, is eternal stability. He has overcome the world. Listen to this. He has been victorious over pain. The pain of this world. The philosophies of this world. And the priorities of this world. Come on. Jesus won. Jesus won in all of those areas. Come on. This is where we all clap. One, two, three. It's good. John chapter 14, verse 27 says this. Look at this. Peace I leave to you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives it. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. How in the world? That didn't make sense. We got terrorists and craziness and then People are like, no, don't be afraid. But there was this idea that, that even Paul talks about, don't fear what people can do to the body, but, 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 but fear and respect the one that tells the soul where to live. Come on, listen. 
Somebody will make the call in your life. Who's going to be the umpire? Come on, who's going to be, who's going to settle it? When Jesus makes the call, he brings peace. Remember peace. Remember peace. Come on, in our relationships, remember peace. Relationships need peace to continue thriving. This is how we stay, come on, life-giving. Here's the second one, okay? Fill up and release. Fill up and release. Let Jesus' word, the Bible says, to dwell in you and then release it. Think about the word dwell. My wife and I, Maybe once a year, we'll go and, and receive training and go visit uh, um, uh, Fort Myers, Florida. We love it there. Come on, girl. Listen, the beach, the sun, the food. We love it there. But we visit. We don't dwell. We dwell here. We dwell in northwest Arkansas. Come on, we dwell at the ridge. We, we, we dwell here. Here. Dwell means live in, to be at home at. We intentionally allow the Word of God, come on, to make a home in our hearts and in our mind. We richly and plentifully let the words of Jesus, come on, live inside of us. This indicates that we don't just open the Word, but we fill up. Because guess what? You have somewhere to go. You have somewhere to be. You have someone to minister to. There is something that God wants to use. And you need to get over the fact that you're broken. And get filled up. Because that brokenness can be used. And you can give the devil more harm than he's given you. Come on somebody. You're not a victim. You can be victorious in Christ. It doesn't mean that you won't struggle. It doesn't mean that you won't have suffering moments. It doesn't mean that you won't think, oh Lord, this whole ship's going down. Does that make sense? It doesn't mean that you won't be overwhelmed by waves. But you need to remember that I got to fill up. God wants us to fill up and release what he's given us. God is the substance. We are the water hose. Okay? We fill up the water hose so we can release it. That's why we want you to study. That's why we want you to be in life group. That's why we want you. See, this, this verse indicates that there is responsibility for the believer. There is responsibility for the believer. And here's what it says. Through teaching, admonishment, singing, spiritual moments. I want to talk about two real quick that he brings out. First is teaching. Teaching is preventative. The reason we gather, the reason the church was formed, is because the goal and the reason and the purpose of the church is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So, even in a pandemic, whether it is in person or it is online, we are still, come on, going to church. Because it's not about information. It's about this continual preventive maintenance that allows us to navigate the hardships of this life. Teaching is to help people avoid the traps in life that steal life. It's for the general good. 
As I am teaching this scripture, I realize that I do not know every situation that you are dealing with. And so I am hoping that you are taking what I'm saying, that you're writing notes, that you're in your phone, that you're, you know what I'm saying, you're not scrolling like when's it going to be done, but you're here trying to learn and grow and you are doing the work of applying the content to your actual situation. But the Bible says that we teach. That's why it's important to come. When you teach, there's perspective. When you, when you teach, it's helping you for a battle that you don't even know is coming. Or it helps you in a battle that you're currently in. But that's why we're teaching. That's why we lean into the Word. That's why we don't get sleepy time. That's why we want you to take a nap. You know what I'm saying? And come ready to go so that you can engage. Because we believe that, yes, God is using a man just like God used a donkey. But the Holy Spirit's going to speak. And it's, you're going to apply that to your situation. Admonishing. Now, this is the harder one. See, admonishing is actually correcting. It's corrective. It's based in love and not shame. And it gives, listen, specific truth to the actions of one's decisions. That's why in our church, we want to know you. We want to love you. We want to challenge you. That's why we offer, offer truth inside and wrapped in love. Because it makes sense. Because there are moments, listen, when we all have to correct our perspective. Sometimes God does that in the silence and in the whisper and in the moment. And sometimes He uses a relationship. A relationship. And here's the deal. If we cancel every relationship in our life that tries to admonish us in the context of friendship, then you have to know you are actually hurting yourself. And you have actively decided, I'm not growing past this issue. Come on. That's why the house, when you jump on the dream team, the more you serve and the more you lead, the more teachable people become. Teachable people go further in life than talented people. It's the truth. You've all, we're in Northwest Arkansas, and you all know incredibly talented people. You all know incredibly gifted people. You all know incredibly intellectual people. But the people who refuse to be teachable always get passed over every time. Maybe not eventually. Maybe not initially. But eventually, you will see where they stopped and where everybody else kept going. Is this true? Come on. Listen. For us, teachable people are easy to give instruction to. Paul says, and he encourages each other to teach others. In other words, let this dwell in you because you have something to give. When we admonish someone, let me just say this. Can I, can I time out and take a detour? It can't be over social media. I'm going to admonish you. Whose mind have you really changed with a social media conversation? Come on, somebody. 
Listen. Who have you really? Man, I got a convert today. Woo! The party's growing. It, it, because there's this idea that Paul is talking about not the random sniper that feels like they're better than everybody else. Or the random sniper, the relational sniper that feels like they are God's gift to this earth to correct everybody and to tell everybody where they're wrong. If that's you, repent. It's in the context of the body of Christ, relationships, depth, understanding, understanding where people are. Come on, does that make sense? John Maxwell wrote, people don't care how much you know until they know how much, come on, you care. Last week, Katie did a wonderful analogy of perfect harmony. And I thought about singing, but then I thought, no. Okay? Listen, you're going to see your brother stumble. We don't want to cancel that. Well, those Christians, they're just all fake. Everybody's fake. Everybody's believing something they're trying to walk in, but there's a difference between vindictive, malicious, conniving, and someone who's growing. I don't tell my little kids when they learn to walk, God, you just can't walk. You keep falling down. What's wrong with you? Do you need a machine? There are some people that are getting saved that they're learning to walk. They're learning to thrive. They've done great. And then all of a sudden, they did a boo-boo. They did a betty. They said something. They did something. They stubbed their toe and a hymn didn't come out, Stephen Hill. They stubbed their toe and it was a word. It was a nasty, it's a terrible moment. And the whole house shut down and there was absolutely no peace. And we don't go, hmm. What church do you go to? I guess they don't preach the word there. You should have known better. Come, come on. Come on. Am I talking to anybody here? You're going to see your sister in Christ blow it. You're going to see people miss it. I think there's a difference between people who are intentionally trying to grow and the other. And here's the thing. When we want to admonish someone. Can I just dive into this real quick? We got to let love lead the moment. We got to let love lead in the moment. Listen. God cares about what you give others. That's the whole concept of thriving relationships. So when you see something, it doesn't mean that you automatically get to say something. Here's the deal. You have to pray first. You have to get out of the flesh. You have to seek God's heart. And then you have to have the right moment to admonish someone. Can I tell you that the right thought in the wrong moment makes the conversation unproductive? Come on. All you self-proclaimed prophets. I just need to walk in and I, I need to tell them we had to come to Jesus and we just dealt with it. Okay, just because it was right in you doesn't mean it was the right timing for them. You've got to pray that through. 
And here's the deal. This is the one thing that I found out as a parent. I always feel it super intensely. But that doesn't mean it's the right time. And the hardest thing to do is to... (laughs) Like, you don't know. It's like trying to come... It's trying to come out. Come on, with my wife... He's just trying to come. I'm like, oh God, please, please, come on, come on, amen. The question isn't, should I say what I see? It's God open up the opportunity for me to say it. Come on, for us to grow in spiritual maturity. We have to stay life-giving. Spiritual maturity means, listen, listen, listen. We give what we have and we receive both teaching and admonishment. Come on. Where is the wisdom that God wants you to release? What song has God written on your heart that it's time? Come on. And I remember when I was younger, man, I exalted was my jam. And when I did quiet time, I, I would just have moments where I would just be walking and this song was just, I, and I would just sing that. And I would tell you, there's a song that you have connected with in this season. And you need to step back and take a moment and sing that song. Yeah. What deep praise is ready to come out of you? Come on, the third one. Y'all ready for the last one? Are we good? Are we good? Okay. Never cease representing Jesus. Come on, with our actions. Paul is telling us, okay, I'm going to step into the people who hate legalism. Okay, so we're getting ready to fight. Okay, I know that. I just want you to know that. Paul is telling us that behavior is different for the believer. Behavior is different for the believer. I am not talking about oppression and legalism where you come in and if you don't look like this, say this and do this, you're not welcome here. This church is not a club. But I do think that if we're going to have thriving relationships, then we have to at moments address our behavior. You don't get to say everything you feel and people just stick around. Come on, does that make sense? That's a fictitious movie. But in real life, if you're always saying everything you fear, everything that you fear, everything that you think, everything you say, first year, it's okay. Second year, it's okay. Third year, oh my God. Fourth year, I'm going to kill you. Five years, come on. Like, like after a while, people are like, done. We're always... Representing Jesus. Come on, listen. In word and deed, in mind and motive, never cease representing Jesus. Stay life-giving. In everything you do, you're always repping Jesus. Come on, somebody. You're always repping Jesus. First Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31 says, So whatever you eat and drink, whatever you do, and all you do, do it into the glory of God. 
This means wherever you go, whatever we're doing, we're always repping Jesus. There are a few things that people just don't do. If you're a fan, Dallas Cowboys are playing today. They're going to beat the Rams. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. That was flesh, Lord. I know. I'm sorry. Okay. So here's the thing. The one thing that I will never do as a fan is I will never switch jerseys. Come on. I'm going to be repping the Cowboys no matter how much my staff screams Kansas City Chiefs, even though I like their quarterback and think they're awesome. And secretly, I may want to be a fan, but I'm not going to be a fan because I'm committed to the star, baby. Mess with me. I'm never going to go to a game and wear the other jersey. It's a no-no. Come on, let's talk about college sports. Some of us, you know what's going on down the street. And we've been in prayer. Like serious prayer. No matter how bad it gets. I'm committed. Come on, I'm committed to them hogs, baby. We're going to call them. And we're calling it in. We call it from the north-south. Come on, somebody. We're calling it. And we're believing that one day we will be respected in the nation again. Come on, somebody. But let me tell you what you don't do. You don't go sit in the student section and wear the other team. Come on. Come on, does that make sense? Anybody raise your backs here? That's a no-no. That's a no-no. What's even worse than that is high school football. High school, come on, listen. Let me tell you something. You don't wear the other team's jersey. In basketball, in football, and whatever. I guess, do we wear jerseys in track? <laughs> we're wearing jerseys. No, listen. We're runners, and we're good. <laughs> Sorry, it's a lot of things that I just go through my mind. My point is that Paul is trying to tell us as a believer, you're repping Jesus. You're repping Jesus. That means there is no secular and sacred. It means that believers don't separate their faith on based on social issues of the day. Come on, somebody. What? There is no difference on Sunday and the other days of the week. At work, on the weekend, hanging out with our friends. Even in our politics. We're always repping Jesus. Thriving relationships never cease to represent Jesus. Paul tells us that we are under a name. That name is Jesus. When you think about a name, a name indicates standard. When we say in this area, Walmart, J.B. Hunt, Tyson, there's a certain culture attributed to those names. Jesus has a culture. It's the culture of the kingdom. We represent Jesus. Come on. Team Jesus. Team Jesus. In lip and life. We are saying that we are under his authority. And the name of Jesus signifies king, savior, servant, man, honest, perfection, power, life, love. Come on. Does that make sense? The fulfillment of God's promise. And because of that, Paul ends this portion of Scripture saying, stay thankful. Stay thankful. You guys can come on up. 
in the room today, I, I know that there are still dreams that you have that haven't happened yet. But Paul reminds the church, don't look past what you've been given. You may not have what you want, but what do you have? Relationships become toxic when people can only see the negative. Listen, I'm almost positive that here in this room today, there are habits and hang-ups that you would love to change. But I also know there are people in this room who have experienced God's loving kindness. His pursuit of love, His grace and His mercy in all of our relationships, we must come to the place of gratefulness. Come on, heaven is waiting. Hell has been defeated. In every aspect of our lives, we give thanks. That's why we start every service with praise. We're just not trying to keep up with the bar. This ain't a karaoke moment. We're starting our service with praise. And and here's the deal. We we sing. We lift our hands. We take a posture of gratefulness. We put aside all the distractions in our life. And we begin to go, okay, God, what can I focus on that is good? That is good. The difficulties that you've had personally. That was a little remix moment, y'all. The difficulties that have been hard to navigate. That really you thought were going to break you. In my life, they have been the very thing that pushed me to become who I was. I'm not saying that wasn't hard. I'm not saying that there weren't times I didn't want to give up. I'm not saying that there wasn't times that I was so overwhelmed with frustration and grief that I didn't want to quit. But all I'm saying, come on, is that those moments, surrender to God, is the very thing that pushed me into making me the person that I am today. Come on, does that make sense? And so, in Jesus, you're not missing anything. Singles, hear me. Divorced, hear me. Those who are looking for a different job, hear me. Never cease representing Jesus. Stay thankful. Stay thankful. See what you've been given, not what you've lost. Come on, does that make sense? See what you've been given. There's a lot of things on YouTube, but maybe we could pause YouTube and embrace what we've already been given. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. We would love to hear how this message impacted you. Feel free to let us know on the Contact Us tab of the house website. We hope you have a great week.